0: Good morning, everyone. Today is February 6th, 2022. You are listening to the Geriatric Goddess Podcast, and I am your host, Christina McConnell. As promised last week, I will be diving into skilled nursing facilities today. This week will be part one of two, as skilled nursing is very complex. Let's get started. What is a nursing home? Nursing homes are residential care centers that provide care for people requiring a certain level of medical care that cannot be met through home or other community services. The residential care model includes nursing care, dietary needs, environmental, and maintenance services as well as activities to ensure active and engaged residents. Typically, nursing homes or skilled nursing facilities, commonly known as SNFs, are treated with the elderly or those that are facing end-of-life care. Now, many patients come to a nursing home also for physical therapy, occupational therapy, or speech-language therapy to recover from an illness or injury so that they can return home. Many of these facilities also offer memory care units that are separated from other residents' to assist those who suffer from dementia or Alzheimer's disease. These units are going to be discussed in great detail in upcoming weeks as they hit close to home for me, and they are the ones that I want to see eliminated from the system in the upcoming years. Let's take a look closer at the history of nursing homes and geriatric care in the United States. The history of nursing homes actually goes back to the 17th century, when English settlers brought the con the concept of almshouses to America. An almshouse took care of elderly, orphans, and those who were mentally ill, and they only provided the basic needs of food and shelter. Um, these houses would continue through the 20th century until they got overwhelmed during the Great Depression. They did not have the physical space or the funding to operate and the living conditions of the almshouses was extremely poor. These circumstances led to convalescent homes where board and care were provided. Uh, These homes were considered to be a great success by World War II, and the current version of nursing homes we see today started to take shape. The government realized that people were spending way too much time in hospitals and that these board and care homes would help minimize hospital stays and they could be funded by federal and state dollars. The federal government then got involved in nursing homes with the passage of the Social Security Act of 1935. The act established a federal state public assistance program for the elderly called Old Age Assistance, also known as OAA, The drafters of OAA, they strongly opposed almshouses, so this act prohibited the payment of OAA funds to residents or public institutions. Later in 1946, Congress passed the Hill-Burton Act, which gave grants for nursing homes to be built in conjunction with hospitals, and this also gave the government control over the building and regulating them. It was at this point that facilities uh, housing older people would focus on providing medical care, which then moved nursing homes from the traditional welfare system and into the healthcare system. Public health basically created a long-term hospital model for elderly without doctors. If you look at the models from the 50s even to present day, you will see that they are built similar to a hospital. In the 1960s, Medicare and Medicaid became amendments to the Social Security Act, which brought more opportunities for people with low income to go into nursing care because Medicaid was paying for it. By 1965, nursing homes were throughout the United States. These nursing homes allowed the elderly and disabled to receive medical care and meals. During the 70s and 80s, nursing homes worked hard to improve the quality of care beyond basic needs. Um, Medicare and Medicaid still make up the majority of the money for residents to receive care today. By the mid-1970s, the number of nursing homes in the U.S. grew by 140% and their revenues rose over 2,000%. While the quantity of these nursing homes increased, the quality did not. Unfortunately, at this point in history, they were labeled as the park-and-die facilities. In the 1980s, people were demanding a higher quality of care and assisted living facilities were born. We discussed those a couple weeks ago in great detail, so we will not be covering that today. In 1987, the Nursing Home Act was introduced to define the types of services and eventually a Residence Bill of Rights was instated. We will dive deeper into the resident Bill of Rights later this year. It's a full episode in itself. It's going to be important that you know what your rights are and your, the rights for your loved one. There are several other acts that I'm not going to bore you with right now, but we covered some of the big ones today. Although we have seen some efforts to improve the quality of skilled nursing facilities, there have not been any major shifts in recent years and they still have that poor reputation. I've actually heard the park and die uh, statement a few times in recent years. Um, Do you guys think we should continue with skilled nursing? And if so, how can we improve the quality? If not, is there a better or more effective model that maybe we could implement? What are your thoughts or experiences with skilled nursing facilities? Email me at geriatricgoddess at gmail.com. That's geriatricgoddess at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Next week, we will discuss if your loved one is in need of skilled nursing care and how to find what facility best meets those needs. I will post the references below for this podcast. Hit the subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. Thank you for listening today. Have a fantastic week. I am Christina McConnell, your geriatric goddess.